everybody welcome back to the dmp pod today is wednesday january 19th um we're recording this right after the dubs game last night they played the uh detroit pistons it was the uh what we thought was maybe the rodney magruder revenge game but uh <laughs> the dubs beat the shit out of them the pistons stink breaking news um as always matt how are we doing tonight i'm doing good uh beautiful to see us kind of snap whatever slump we were in. We kind of had a tough uh, road, uh, road trip and beautiful to see us take care of business against the Pistons. So I would say morale is high. Doing well. Thanks for asking, pal. Yeah. Um, yeah, this starts the, what, seven-game homestand we have. We've got some very winnable games around off this stretch. Um, you can't lose these games. I'm glad they came out like gangbusters. The Pistons are injured. They're young. Um, respectfully, they're poorly coached. Um, and hey, it just shows. Uh, NBA coach of the year, Dwayne Casey, you're talking about. I still stand by it. Respectfully, poorly coached. Uh, fair is fair. And they're just the team you have to beat by 20 plus points. Um, yep. Especially without Jeremy Grant. No Jeremy Grant. Um, I was excited to see Cade play a little bit. It's like the first time I've like, Outside of a few highlights here and there, sit down and watch him. Um, he's going to be fucking good. Um, they need a lot of help, but he's such a smooth player. Um, surprisingly, I know I said the revenge game for Rodney Magruder around this time last year, him and Draymond famously got into it a little bit where Clay was talking shit about him on the CSM broadcast <laughs> and Rodney didn't like that. He turned around and had 19 points tonight. Now they're garbage minutes. Um, and they got their ass kicked, but hey, man, Rodney's getting buckets. Hey, 19 is 19, no matter how you slice it. Exactly. He came out chucking, too. He does not really shoot the three ball, and he went four for seven tonight. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about sorry-ass Rodney Magruder, but no, he did have his own little personal revenge game. Just didn't end up in a W. Right. And uh, 
in general, don't want to spend too much on this one, but a couple of things that stood out, um, your boy, uh, Moses Maloon, um, mm. just continues to just gobble up rebounds. <laughs> Inhale um, rebounds. Inhaling rebounds. He finished <laughs> with a whopping just 10, um, but he's leading the league. I think he's either second in the league, they said on the broadcast, in offensive rebounds. Yeah, um, crazy. It's he just... also... <laughs> He also yeah. had eight. He also had eight rebounds in the first quarter, which is just silly to think about. He finished with ten, had eight at the end of the first. Um, he just does it all, man. We love him. <laughs> We've grown yeah. to love him on this program. <laughs> um, other big notes: Kaminga's third start of the season. Um, this is now like the what third or fourth rotation that Curtis tried to replace with Draymond. Um, got into foul trouble early, but he finished with. A, his first double-double, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 12 points, 10 rebounds. Rebounds were key. I mean, he, he didn't really get to really do much offensively because he just kept fouling people. Um, but good to see him crash the glass, kind of really, like, solidify himself in that four position. Um, and I like what I saw out there. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me too. I think it was a week or so ago when Kerr was giving uh, some sort of – explanation on Jonathan Kuminga and I think somebody asked him if they if he could give them a comp and uh he threw out one that I thought was pretty interesting and I mean just watching tonight it definitely rings true but he said that Jonathan reminds him a lot of Sean Marion and Steve Kerr was the GM of the Suns when when Sean was there as an all-star uh and it definitely makes sense as far as athleticism wise just watching Kuminga like his second jump is crazy quick just like Sean Marion athleticism the way he's able to use his body on defense get into passing lanes just kind of be disruptive um and use all that athleticism to his strength thought that was a really good comp uh and the more he plays the more you see it which is super cool i love the matrix i don't hate that comp i think the one piece that will be interesting to see is sort of how we saw flashes on over or flashes of it over the road trip his ability to like pass the ball and have sort of that that vision all yeah. I think about when I think of Sean Marion is just like his fantasy stat lines and how he was just like the number one overall pick every year in fantasy just because of like how much production he put on the floor. Um, I love that about prospects. You just continue to try to find player comps. Um, yeah. You mentioned Sean Marion. I've been seeing a lot of Pascal Siakam lately, Ooh. which I subscribe to. I think that's a good comp. Um, long, you know, long four that can handle the ball. Um, if we were a terrible team, we'd see him in a similar role as Pascal for the Raptors, just ball dominant, um, going downhill, kicking if he can. Um, and I'm sure we'll see hundreds more comps over the next you know, couple of years Four until marks. he finally figures it out. But I like the matrix from like a old school, uh, old school player, but yeah. we're getting player, old. You could call yeah, it old school. Shit. And then uh, <laughs> current day Pascal. But yeah. It's funny because Bob kind of mentioned that on the telecast as well about he was talking about Cade Cunningham and how he's been able to really grow into this role and they can afford him making mistakes and and just like playing without having to worry about getting yanked out and stuff because they're not a very good team. And Kaminga doesn't really have that luxury because he's on a winning team. Um, But just to think of what he would be able to do with a solid 30 minutes a night where he's like the second or third option. I mean, I think Kuminga would be extremely entertaining to watch. I mean, he already is just kind of plugging into what we have now. Yeah. I mean, he'd, he'd be in the top five 
uh, rookie ladder, in my opinion, if he had the full Easily. freely on the yeah. Pistons, on the Thunder, whatever the team would be. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on in this game was I feel like tonight was the first time we saw Wiggins and Clay really gel. Um, yes. I know that was a big, you know, since Clay's return, it's been like people have already started talking about him taking too many shots. He hasn't shot the ball too well. He's shooting at about 35%, both from the three and the field. Um, and shooting a decent amount. Um, so obviously you want to see that even out a little bit. The other thing was like, how is his like introduction into the lineup affected the likes of Wiggins and, 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 and Jordan Poole. And I think you're starting to see him and Wiggins click, which is what we need. Um, still remains to see about Poole. Um, I don't know what was up with him tonight. Um, he had a few couple good games on the road trip, but Still, I think he's still trying to figure it out where he fits and how he can kind of get production. But I really like what I saw with Wiggins and, and Clay working together. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's nice to see them kind of like seamlessly just feeding off of each other. Wiggins had a pretty big night. I think he was he like six for seven in the first quarter or something like that. But he finished with 19 points. Clay finished with 21. None of them really forced anything. Uh, just Steph, Wiggins, and Clay all together was. So much fun to watch, so fluid, and I can't wait till Dre gets back. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to maybe go into Draymond now. Good segue. You might as well. Um, so what, last week when we talked, we were talking about his calf injury. Um, that was like, just after we got beat by – no, that was just before we got beat by Milwaukee. So we just lost to the Grizzlies. Um, I don't even know if that's called an upgrade or whatever, but it's been changed to more of a back injury. Um, from calf tightness to left L5 S1 disc injury, um, lower back for simple terms. Um, that mm-hmm. scares the shit out of me, especially for someone who's what, 33, 32 years old, yeah. um, and of Draymond's style of play. Um, anytime I hear back, I just think of like terrible back surgery stories. Um, oh, God. So I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I have some notes from, uh, our resident doctor, uh, Narav, but wanted to get your thoughts on what to even think about Draymond's new injury report. Uh, like you mentioned, it is scary to think back injury calf is not as daunting, um, as a disc injury, which is <laughs> frankly pretty scary. Like you mentioned, he's, he's getting up there in age. He plays balls to the wall all the time. Um, so it's not going to be an easy injury to come back from, I would imagine. But I think most people are saying that physical therapy and rest is going to be the remedy for this. Mm-hmm. So hopefully taking these two weeks off, which was the initial diagnosis, uh, I think the timetable, two weeks, hopefully he'll be able to come back. But just terrible timing. He's gone, not to mention Wiseman is out for even longer now because they had to go in and clean out his knee again. So it just worries me that we're not going to have enough time to click and gel before the playoffs start and that we're going to be rushed into it in the first round. Like, all right, guys, we got everybody back. Go out there and figure it out. When realistically we're going to need at least a month, if not longer, with everyone playing together. Um, So the the timeline is really what scares me the most. Yeah, and these are the ones where it's like, you know, you 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 sprain your ankle. It's like four to six weeks. Like KD just went down with a sprained MCL like a very standard six week time frame. Yep. These back ones can be two weeks. It can be week to week. It can be, Oh, it flared up. He's out for another 
couple weeks. You just don't know. Um, and yeah, you make a good point about like the gelling of the team. Like they are still very clearly trying to figure it out. Um, and as we saw on this recent road trip, when they play good teams, they need fucking Draymond. They need his like defense and his playmaking. And we're trying to plug in and fill in those gaps. It's like not working. Um, I mean, yeah, we did shoot poorly over these last couple of weeks, but um, the West is strong. We saw a lot of the Grizzlies looking good. We saw um, that the Phoenix Suns are still playing like as like one of the best teams in the league. I expect the Lakers to pick it up eventually. The Nuggets are going to get back healthy. Um, we've lost what, like, we've finished like over the last like January. It's been like eight of ten total has been our record. Um, so that break couldn't come soon enough, or the All Star break can't come soon enough. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I just hope Draymond takes it easy. We don't rush anything, which I trust our our, our medical staff. Um. And it's just going to be one of those things we have to monitor through this year. Fucking sucks. Yeah, hopefully he can chill out on the Peloton because usually he's a big, uh, he's a cycle guy. I think that's Is how he? he got, yeah, that's how he got some slim and skinny. That was uh, hopping, hopping on the Peloton. So maybe he can give it a break and just ice that lower back and, and come back a little bit better. And but yeah, it's coming in strong and very, yeah, good. It's, <laughs> it's bad timing to say the least. Uh, did you did you end up seeing uh, Draymond's new show on YouTube? Have you watched it? He's Throwing bones? No, I haven't seen it. I'm still it's, like listening to his podcast here and there. So he's got a new show called Throwing Bones, where he invites people and they play dominoes and he like interviews them and they talk shit. First episode is a uh, is a uh, Gary Payton Senior and YG. Uh, it's it's pretty. I mean, it's it's a it's a decent like I think it's a twenty minute YouTube show, but it's worth the watch, especially with like GP. That. Yeah, I gotta watch that. All I think of is like those types of shows where it's you know LeBron's like barbershop show. Like, I think this fucking one's a Draymond better. playing bones and people sounds so sick. Because every ten seconds you just hear a slap of the <laughs> domino against the yeah. table, and then GP will be like, uh, "Fuck!" Some of the shit he was saying was so funny. Like he rhymes everything, so if he'll throw down like a fifteen, like. <laughs> three fives double me and hide like what yeah. are you saying <laughs> it's the best see so, yeah, i'd recommend it i love that people come out of their shell a little bit when they're playing dominoes especially like with people like draymond he's just always talking shit i love that a thousand percent um that's a that's a wish right there us to get on throwing bones with draymond <laughs> Ooh, there we go i mean i play a little bones in my day but in my, in my house we're not allowed to slap the tiles so <laughs> you, might be, you might be unleashing a beast if that happens. <laughs> no slapping. Yeah. Hey, don't break uh, my table. <laughs> um, I don't want to dwell too much on the past, but just recapping the last week, um, we had a four-game four game road trip where we played three of the best teams in the league, Grizzlies, Bucks, Bulls, um, all, all back-to-back within that week. I think we walked out. We wanted to go two and two. Um, we walked out one and three um, with a very good win over the Bulls, but a loss that we shouldn't have had against the T-Wolves. The Bucks won. You kind of expected. They just beat the shit out of us. Um, Man. Giannis never looks so oh, yeah. unbelievable than in that game. Dude, if he played like 30 minutes, I, I swear he would have put up 30 free throws and fouled out like at least four people on our team. He's incredible, man. 
There's not much <laughs> else to say. I knew we were fucked when we opened the game with Looney on him. I was like, oh, this shit. isn't going to end well. He's not quick enough. He's, <laughs> He's not strong get two thousand three minutes. Just nothing. Not to yeah. mention Bobby went crazy, too. <laughs> oh, my God. You see the Bobby shimmy? I had after the buzzer beater. I tweeted out during the game that, like, while I hate getting our ass beat, I love when players like Bobby Portis goes off because me too. Bob gets all pissy. Bob Fitzgerald, he gets all mad. Like Bobby Portis, Kevin Garnett, he just gets (laughs) so mad. And I love seeing him get pissy and just have no respect for players like Bobby Portis because you know he doesn't respect players like Bobby Portis. Um, Oh, Bobby, he's been on a few teams. (laughs) <laughs> like, what's that supposed to mean Bob? yeah and he got like Kalen. look at his eyes it's like bitch we know about bobby's eyes <laughs> yeah where you been dude um <laughs> but yeah that was the one bright spot of that game it was that and kaminga um he had some really nice plays um kaminga as a whole just like really showed his potential on this trip um mm-hmm. obviously earned him a starting role I-, I expect him to hold on to that role while draymond's out I think he gives us the most versatility and op- options. Um, we so rolled too. out Otto. We rolled out JTA. Um, I feel like he got to go with the GP2. GP2. Yeah. Although I do like GP2 there. Um, I like it too. Back but injury. I think Kaminga gives you a little bit more versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like him in that role. And he's been playing well. So might as well give the young boy a chance. Yeah. Last four games, he had 17 points. Six rebounds, three assists in about just under 30 minutes. Like pretty good. Pretty good. He had some nasty dunks both against the Bulls and the Bucks. Um, yeah, he did. That Bulls one was shoo. <laughs> he looked fucking good against the Bulls. Yeah, he did. Um that's about it for the dubs. We got this 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 uh what's it called coming up? Um, got a good homestand. Got the Pacers. We got some pretty shitty teams coming up, coming to town. So I like your odds to win um, a good amount of those. We got the Pacers, Rockets, everyone's favorite Utah Jazz, Mavericks, and then T-Wolves. So we're looking for revenge with uh, two of those. We just lost to Dallas and Minnesota, so those will be revenge games, both on TNT, which is nice, national games. Dude, we're going to be on TV all this year. It's great. I love it. Uh, and the Rockets, that should be a gimme. I mean, you never want to yeah. speak too soon, but there's no reason we should lose that game against Houston. No. And then we cap it off with a um, Saturday night primetime game against the Nets. Um, yep. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> with, a, with a Kevin Durantless Nets. And yes. I don't think that uh, – can Kyrie play since it's going to be in San Francisco? So that's – I'm kind of confused with so the rules. So I know on that. the unvaccinated don't have to follow visiting uh, arena mm. or visiting city rules. Okay, so um, he can play. So I'm pretty sure he can play. Um, that but makes sense. It's just SF is the only like it's SF and Toronto are really the only road cities that have any sort of like vaccine requirements. So right. We'll see. I'm sure he plays. We'll see if the city does anything. I don't think the tell you what stop him. He could play, but he's not gonna be able to get into a restaurant after the game. <laughs> he ain't going to fucking and, Michael Minna's restaurant or anything like that. <laughs> no, he's not going to Original Joe's. He's gonna have he's to sit outside, out there. freeze his ass off. Speaking of Kyrie, did you see uh, that video that just came out? I guess I was he played. Just about to drink that. Up. There you go. Look, we're in sync today. Uh, he was 
I think they went back to Cleveland, right? And uh, a courtside fan was chirping him, talking shit to him. Why'd you leave? This and that. And Kyrie, I, I kind of respect him, chirped him back and said, man, I gave you a one chip. I gave you a championship and you're ungrateful ass. That isn't enough. I was like, ooh, all right, Kyrie. And that kid had the nerve to be like, you only gave us one. It was just yeah. one. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, bro, Cleveland? You're a Cleveland Cavs fan. <laughs> All you need is one. Yeah, this city has never sniffed a championship before that. All you need is one, and all you're going to get is one. You had your window. That thing's shut. Yeah. Never I do again. love He's like, you ungrateful motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I do love that. Righteous Kai. Yeah. Just letting them have it. Yeah. Third um, eye open. <laughs> always. Always. Like, they also ask them again, and they always, they're going to keep asking him as players get hurt about is he going to re- reconsider his uh, vaccine stance now that Damn, you spit on that report. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely Next not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm envisioning Bernie Mac when he hops off the train and head of state and starts <laughs> smacking people. That's, smacking what Kyrie, people. <laughs> that's what Kyrie's about to do to all these reporters if they like keep a, asking about his vax. Brian Windhurst is the last person. <laughs> Are you ever thinking about going back to... <laughs> 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 One of my favorite movie scenes of all time. <laughs> Baby brother. Um, I'm looking at the, the schedule. We, we have Utah next week. Did you see uh, Westbrook yam all over Rudy Gobert? Um, I did. It was, it was beautiful. It was I, gorgeous. It looks like Russell got... I mean, this is, this is just prime Russell, so I don't know why I'm surprised. Maybe because I haven't seen it in a while. But it looked like he got fucking shot out of a cannon. At he's room. at that he's at that point of his career where like most athletes get when they're like on the back end of their like athletic peak where it's you'll get one burst every couple of games and it's like right. damn he still got it oh, and then like yes. he's gonna be down like athletically for like a, a game or two and have like that one burst uh yeah he's gonna need like some the most notable is like d wade when he would just like oh, randomly yes. dunk on someone um yep that game was like the perfect example of how bad Rudy Gobert was. I was watching a quick little compilation of Stanley Johnson giving him the business. He was um, eating his, his dinner that night. He was Ten playing day. defense on him as if, like, remember when Kobe was playing Dion Rondo in the finals? Or, like, he would literally, like, it's like the Rondo-Tony Allen defense where he's like, I'm going to stand below the free throw line. I don't think I've ever seen a player stand lower than Rudy Gobert was on Stanley Johnson. He was literally like at the edge of like the charge circle in the key. <laughs> it's like, and he's still getting scored that, on. <laughs> yeah, he's thinking that length is going to help him. He must not have watched uh, U of A. Is that where Stanley went? U of A. That is that is. Yeah, he, he must not have done his scouting report, which I don't blame him for a ten day guy. But I think Stanley's going to stick on this uh, horrible Lakers team. I do like that about like that pool of players, like the. Stanley Johnson's like Josh Jackson's like the players that have been in the league for like five, six, seven years and are still like 24 years old. <laughs> oh, I know. It's the biggest like mind fuck. Yeah. Like, wait a second. You start doing math in your head, like, wait, I am 2012. Wait, hold on. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's insane. The the one that always throws me off, especially because we're talking about trade rumors, is like the Miles Turner, Kevon Looney. Like they're both the same age pretty much. Dude, they're both 25. (laughs) What a mind blow. They just are able to rent cars. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. How is that possible? I saw uh, uh, our boy from um, 
the Warriors podcast, Sam tweet that out. He was talking about trade rumors and uh, somebody was like, oh, well, how old is Miles Turner? And he was like, I don't know how this is possible, but him and Looney are both 25 years old. I'm like, that's that fucking sense. crazy. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Does not. But I love Moses Maloney, man. He's a man. Um, he is. With the Pistons tonight, I saw an interesting report today um, that the Pistons offered a package of Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, Kelly Olynyk, and a first-round pick for Ben Simmons. And Philly said no. Um, <laughs> because Philly is still looking for a superstar package deal. Um, mm-hmm. So I ask, what is a quote-unquote good trade for Ben Simmons if this one isn't? Because I think this is a good enough, as good as game a trade you'll get right now. Um, agree. So like, what is a good trade for Ben Simmons? I, I agree with you. I think that that is probably the best you're going to get. But if they can finagle something out of the Kings, I feel like the Kings are in sell mode and they got a lot to give up. If they can finesse like, I don't know, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, and Tyrese Halliburton from the Kings, I and would do pick, that. Maybe. Yeah, and a pick. I would do that if I was Philly. And I'm yeah. doing it on the trade machine now. And I believe, yeah, it's successful. It would work money-wise. Then you get Marvin Bagley on an expiring. You get Buddy Buzz healed. With I think two. playing pretty well lately, I must say. Yeah, once he's had uh, some good couple games. Once Puke left the franchise, he, he turned it up a notch. And you get to, I mean, that would be perfect for Ben Simmons. If they wouldn't take Halliburton, Bagley, Buddy Heald, and a couple firsts, I don't know what, what better offer they're gonna get. I can't imagine if Sacramento puts more than a first in front of them, though. But right. it is Sacramento. They but can't do like yeah. so why not just give it all up? But then you go back. What are you doing with Ben? Like, what are they going to do with Ben Simmons? <laughs> I mean, Literally nothing. Two non-shooting lefties. Like, yes. No spacing. They would be. And then it's like, will Ben even want to go there? Like, he's talking about he's going to sit out the year. Like, it wouldn't. I wouldn't like. It wouldn't surprise me if he's like, yeah, I'm not going there. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Just... <laughs> so I guess the the newest and latest and greatest on Ben Simmons is uh, he. I think Rich Paul told Philly, like, he's prepared to sit the entire year if you don't trade him, right? Yeah. So they need to look for a deal and get it done, or we're not going to see Ben Simmons this year, which I'm fine with. I don't need to see Ben Simmons play basketball this year. I forgot I think, about him. Me too. I think you overestimated how much everyone was going to miss him. <laughs> yeah. And I will say with this deal, like, I get it if it's, like, an injury bug. Like, tonight was Detroit's 43rd game, and – Jeremy Grant's only played 24. I'm sure that's a little bit of like, we're terrible. We're going to keep your stock um, as high as it can. Kelly Olenek's only played 10 games. So like he's, I don't know what his injury is, but. Yeah, he's hurt too. Yeah. The first round pick is solid. I don't know where, if it's this year, if it's protected. I'm assuming it's protected in some way, but like. I want to say they said it was going to be like top 18 protected or something, which is kind of trash. It's a bad pick. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, but it comes down to what are you like? What are you waiting for? No one yeah. is going to come in when, when like he's refusing to play. No one's going to buy low. You know what I mean? I mean, why would you? You just wait, <laughs> right? That's what yeah. I'm saying. But I mean, yeah. 
unfortunately, he can't wait forever. He's got four years left on his deal. He just signed that he deal just signed for the most it, part. Yeah. yeah. 33 mil a year he's making, and he will not report to work. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I talk myself out of this being a good trade for him because, like, all I'm thinking about is a lineup of, like, Jeremy Grant, Tobias Harris. That's just, like, a terrible, like, wing yes. duo, if you want to call it. Like, they, they're both, like, fringe wing post guys that – that just sounds like hell and chaos for uh, Joel Embiid. Um, oh, my God. Just clogging up the lane for Joel. <laughs> and Jeremy Grant came out today and said that he doesn't want to go to a team where he's not going to be the focal point of the offense. Motherfucker what? thinks he's Kevin Durant. Dude, what? <laughs> you go to Detroit, you get a little bit of cash, put up some numbers, and this is how you feel now? Two years ago, he was in Denver averaging like eight points a game. Shooting corner threes and nothing else. It's crazy. Wild. So he got a little taste of that superstar life, and he's not giving it up for nothing. Man, um, that 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 superstar quote unquote class of like Jeremy Grant, Christian Wood, the motherfuckers oh are way too into themselves. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen with those two, Jeez. for sure. I also oh, heard that uh, Philly's trying to sell on Toby too. They should. So, yeah, that was a ridiculous signing in the first place. He's the highest paid player on that team. Tobias Harris, that is bananas. Elton Brand, good looks. <laughs> what I mean, are you doing? If if I was playing 2K, I would trade for Jeremy Grant and immediately put Tobias Harris out there on the block. Correct. Um, I just don't think teams make those kind of moves in the middle of the season. So I got another one for you. Let me know what you think. Bring it. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers trade Ben Simmons to the Indiana Pacers for – Miles Turner and Karis Levert. No. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. It's like, just the money. It's just money. Um, yeah, you don't want to pair another big over there with Joel. That doesn't make any sense. They were <laughs> they just roll out the uh their version of Cleveland's lineup with Joel Turner and uh point guard Drummond. Throwing it, throwing it back to uh New Orleans when they Jeez. paired uh, Anthony Davis and, and DeMarcus Cousins. Man, we got <laughs> robbed of that, of a full season of that. I fucking love that duo. So did I. That was that was horrible. Shout out to Boogie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm looking here. I don't know what other teams really would make a move for Ben Simmons or should. Cheryl Withers had a good rundown months ago about Ben Simmons. Just pretty much went down every single team and was like. What did Whisker say? It was just like he went through every single team and was like, would you give up your best player for Ben Simmons? Mm-hmm. And he essentially narrowed it down to like like 85% no. Um, the only teams that like you would do it is like Orlando. Um, yep. You would consider it for, I guess, Indiana. Um, if you were like to maybe try to get Sabonis. Sacramento, I guess. Sacramento and – that's really it. Like, maybe going into the season, I'd be like, swap for Shea. I don't think that now. Um, no, I would not give up Shea if I'm OKC. Not for Ben no. Simmons. I say no. going into the season, I thought it, I thought it might make sense. Right. Um, but yeah, I just I don't I mean, know. Okay. I don't think OKC has the most trade chips, right? They got the most picks and young talent. They have like 45 first and second round picks. Um, right. Yeah. And Shea is looking 
very good. He is he a is. fucking wizard out there, dude. I am Did he sign his new shame, deal man. too? Isn't he one of those guys um, that like signed his new deal but it doesn't kick in for like two years? I'm pretty sure that's or maybe not. I don't know. I could have sworn. Because I feel like, every, yeah, this summer, Shea Gilgis secured yep. his future as the cornerstone of OKC, uh, inked a contract of five years, $172 million hairs. So well, shout out to Shea. Well deserved. He's getting busy. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I don't know who OKC would send over besides Shea. That's, I mean, I think Philly would have to come up with some picks at that point. He's younger. He's got That's more upside. Saying. He like, can actually be a threat on offense. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll but see. I, th- I think Philly's shooting themselves in the foot right now. Yeah, they're screwed. But I mean they're they're in the East and they're playing pretty well. So I think if they I mean if they want a shot, I feel like their Joel windows starting to close a little bit soon. Like if I'm brand, I am on the phone like a madman. Or I guess Maury. Um he's the one who's really running the show here. But Although, hold on a second. I have also heard things going around that James Harden is looking elsewhere as well. However, I think that wouldn't be till the summer. So what if they do a little Ben Simmons-James Harden swap this summer and pair Ben with Kyrie and KD? What do you think of that? I think the Nets will be would be dumb to make that kind of move in the middle of the season. Um, right. I do I mean, like it in the offseason. Oh, yeah, yeah. Off I do season, like it in the yeah. offseason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's a great fit. I think initially we were talking about Ben Simmons for Kyrie. I think Ben Simmons for Harden makes a ton more sense. It would be hilarious that the Pistons or the Rockets had this deal when James was on the right. uh, when the he got traded, yeah. Um, but I think it makes sense. I think James Harden will be sick and would be sick in Philly. Um, I think Ben Simmons would be really good alongside KD and um, Hart, uh, Durant. But me too. It works too. You package Ben Simmons and Danny Green, send them over for James Harden. The money works. I think fit wise, it works. You get another shooter on Brooklyn to space the floor. You get a lockdown defender. Something they don't have. Yeah. Maybe that would be it. I don't know. I don't know why James Harden is unhappy either or why he's even thinking about leaving. I just Maybe think he's he wants tired like, of Kai already. I just think he wants like the Houston, like go to guy love again. Mm. I, I just think he wants that again. Um, yeah. I guess that's definitely uh, would be that look on on Philly over Brooklyn for sure. And when you got Kyrie and uh, KD there. Yeah. And like his game is like completely changed since playing with like talented people around him that and like whole difference, cha- the changes in foul calls, but like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's a little bit caged in playing with those two. Um, I'm just sure he just wants his own home. It'll probably be like a Miami if, if Jimmy Butler's on his way out or something like that, but we'll see. And maybe maybe Seth gets thrown in as a trade a trade ship. That would suck. Yeah. He's having a great year too. I hope Seth uh, is there for the long haul in Philly, playing for Stepfather as a pops in law. 
I think he would because of Doc. <laughs> Doc's like yeah. the only coach to like play people like in his family and shit. So it's true. I was just watching Seth Curry on all the smoke and they were asking him about the trade. And he was like, he, he was kind of bummed because he loved playing in Dallas. And he was like, yeah. yeah, my wife was like rooting for the trade to not go through. Cause oh, really? Callie didn't want him playing for Doc, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love Seth. He was that, that Mavericks team was was solid. He was legit for them. Yeah, he was. One of the most efficient offenses of all time. Statistically. Facts. Statistically. Um, <laughs> wow. Well. <laughs> I got a, a fun little hypothetical question for you. Um, as we're moving along. I tagged you in this. I assumed who your player might be, but which player, or I'll take a step back and preface it. We both play NBA 2K. We played it for decades now. Um, so we've got a long history of matches between us, but also plenty of players that we played with. When you play enough, you have your go-to guys. Um, so the question came up on Twitter, which player or players would be a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame lock if it was strictly based on the 2K version of them? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you go first just to start rallying off a few. Um, sure. Yeah. First one that comes to mind, obviously, you, you tagged me on Twitter, Casey Jacobson, one of my all-time faves coming from the Pac-10, Stanford, drafted by the Suns. Short, short-lived short career in the NBA, but, you know, it's not his fault. Um, <laughs> but he was nasty in, I think, 2K6 or 2K7. The earlier, or I guess middle 2000s 2Ks, you could really fucking take over with, like, mid-players. Yeah. Uh, now they've made it way too realistic. Um, but he was up there. I used to love busting ass with Casey. And then I responded to you on Twitter, Rudy Gay. I think yeah. in 2K, was it 2K? Gay. What's that? Just any time he was on the Grizzlies. Was Grizzlies, like, Rudy Gay. Yep. Yeah. 2K7, 2K8. He was the best player in the game. It made absolutely no sense. He jumped from like the free throw line. He dunked on everybody. Rudy Gay was by far the most fun player to play with. Um, another one was Gerald Green. Yes, um, you're right. Gerald Green's incredible. I want to say like 2K, what, 14, something like that. Like early Pre-Rockets? Two, I think pre-Rockets. Um, that pretty much sense. anybody who can jump and hit a three was just like nasty. Ben McLemore. Um, yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. It was like the the athletic leapers who also just banged corner threes. I always found dog shit players and found a way to make him good. Um, Wang Zizi was another one. Wang Zizi was my guy. Sasha Vujacic was my guy. Mm. Um, fuck, why am I blanking on his name? Which one? Um, Brian Cook. <laughs> oh yeah. Brian Cook used to give out buckets in two K six. Yeah, and literally we knew this because we would do these like we would do like fantasy drafts to pick our teams, and it was just like a mad dash to get someone fired in the late rounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so true. You had your couple Fuck, go-to guys. <laughs> Jordan Crawford was another one. Yeah, he Damn, was nasty. I'm on who I had that was always like, oh, um, tall white guy, Justin Hamilton. That was oh, my guy. Oh, I hated him. <laughs> Didn't he have a mask in the game? Yes. He wore a face mask. Yes. That was horrible. I was always a big fan of the little guards, too. Um, mm-hmm. Like 
Remember Roddy Buckets, Roddy Bubo? I, I do, yes. I was a big fan of Roddy Buckets in the game. Uh, the older ones, like, uh, who was it? Fucking the old, old ones, like Nick Van Exel, those still had him in it. And he was nasty. Gone in those yeah, days, man. Playing the new times. Ty- playing the new 2K, it's like I can only play well with starters. <laughs> yeah, Seth Curry's the only person that can make a three in this yeah. game. It's Thanks, so Ronnie 2K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob me um, and my joy. But for all you 2K players out there, send us who your Hall of Famers of 2K would be. Um, yes. Very interested to hear. Um, I'm sure we'll hear a lot of Rudy Gay's. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like him and Jared Smith, I feel like are like the the locks of JR too. Yeah. yeah. And you're right with Gerald Green. Gerald Green was up there Gerald for Green me. Was disgusting. He was so unfair. Yeah. Oh, who was <laughs> the other dude that played for the Nets? Uh Terrence Williams. Mm, yeah. He was filthy too. Another like Three, guard. Threes and jump. Yep. <laughs> That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Sink some threes and bang on people. That was the name of the game. And it was always like those players who were like really good in real life. You just could not figure it out. Like the best sure. example is like Devin Booker right now in this game and all the most recent games. Yeah. Just annoying as hell to play with. Um, but yeah, he, he's tough. <laughs> uh, all right. Last thing to talk about. Um, or no, not the last thing. Second to last thing. The, uh, the nine dogs are alive. NFL playoffs continue. Um, 49ers played the Dallas Cowboys last week um, in the wild card. Had a what I thought was going to be a, a fairly easy game. Second half rolled around. Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan started to Kyle Shanahan. Um, Jimmy started Jimmy, to Jimmy. Jimmy G started to Jimmy. <laughs> and uh, we, snuck, we snuck away with a victory. Um, 23-17. Mm-hmm. Um, the highlight of the game was, was, was Dak running for about 15 or so yards with the time running out, getting a little shoved by the ref. They don't even get a snap off to spike the ball. Yep. Game's over. Um, just always fun to beat the Cowboys. Oh, it's it's the best. I think besides Seattle, I like beating Cowboys the most. Yeah. Um, but there was two instances in that game that I didn't realize. I didn't even know the fucking rules in the NFL. I didn't realize on that last play of the game that the ref has to touch the ball before you snap it. Which, yeah, had no clue. That was way over my head. So I was like, wait, why is this ref, like, getting in their way? Why is he slowing down the play? They probably could have clocked it before that. Nope. He's got to touch the ball. I think he's he's the umpire. He's got to touch it before they can snap it. Another one was, I think, uh, McCarthy tried to pull a fast one and sub out his his squad real quick. And um, once he did that, we had a chance to sub in our own guys. It was after they, the fake. Yeah, and they got the delay a game call. And I didn't realize that we had to be able to sub in our guys because they did. So they shot themselves in the foot. Just an absolute sloppy game from Dallas. How many yeah. flags did they have? It was ridiculous. So many. I don't know. Fucking Randy know. Gregory was like getting uh false starts and fucking offsides all goddamn game. It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, the whole season, like I said, like we said last week, like the Cowboys had statistically, you know, a Best great offense. defense, you know, with uh, um, Parsons and Stefan Diggs' cousin. I forgot his Trayvon Diggs. Um, Van Der Esch. Van Der Esch, all those guys. And 
established the run, got some big plays. That one interception that we got that put us up um, by a couple scores kind of gave us the momentum we needed to have that cushion. Um, Mm -hmm. Cowboys are just going to Cowboys. Like like we said last week, I'll say it to my dying day. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you who's happier than us that the Cowboys lost. That's Stephen A. Smith. Oh, um, man. <laughs> that's what I live for for the, the I Cowboys say, losing. I, I think Stephen A. Smith is past his time uh, on TV nowadays. But one thing that he'll always make me tune in for is his post game Dallas Cowboy reactions and his yes. Monday morning Dallas Cowboy like first take <laughs> segments where he just goes bananas. He's just such a villain. Um, it's so scripted and so like acted out now. It's just it's the evil laugh gets me every time. <laughs> How about them? Oh, boy. I, I fucking love like, it. They had a segment where they just showed all the cowboy fans crying in the stands and Stephen A. Smith just maniacally laughing while coked out Michael Irvin is just like pretending to cry. It's just like it shouldn't yeah, be on ESPN. Come up with. <laughs> it's fucking no, it shouldn't. And what was up with the fucking Cowboys fans crying with like five minutes left in the game, driving? They know. Down by like less than a, I mean, down by six. That they was know. crazy. That was ridiculous. Also, did you see they interviewed Dak after the game? Um, and I guess all yeah. the Dallas fans were throwing shit on the field. I was under the impression they were throwing it at the weak ass players that didn't deliver. However, I guess they were throwing it at the, the refs. I so, thought it was with the players too, because I saw a dude like blocking like a yeah. cup or something from the thrown from the stands. So I guess this is tweeted out by uh, some NFL writer, but he said Cowboys QB Dak Prescott disparaged fans for throwing bottles debris at players. Then Prescott was told the fans were aiming for a fishing aid and crew. Prescott retracted. Oh, credit to them then. <laughs> and the reason I the reason I read that tweet is because uh the goat. Dragonfly Jones quote tweeted that and said, boy, I know you're back the blue respect authority, sir. Yes, sir. Head ass ain't talking this shit now, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is just incredible because Dak has gotten so much shit about like being roasted like, uh, his ass. So yeah. true though. Yeah. He's always been like uh, on the side of the, the police, you know, whatever. The thin blue but, uh, line kind of guy. Sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, he's just overall corny. Dak stinks. Yeah, but I mean, he sells it was tag ties for a living. So <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, but it was, I mean, Debo fucking said, "Put the ball in my hands." That was sick, dude. Made shit I, happen. <laughs> I love Debo so much. Um, yeah, and Mitchell too, dude. Elijah Mitchell, ninety-six uh, yards and a touchdown, twenty-seven carries. I forget what the stat was. Somebody was saying it on TV about how when the Niners run, I think is it twenty-five times or more or 35 times or more, we win the game every single time. It was some ridiculous stat like that. Um, but another thing that cracked me up, I was watching the the game beforehand, and uh, it was Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, and they were yeah. like, oh, up next, you got the San Francisco 49ers against the Dallas Cowboys, story rivalry. And did you see how pissy Troy Aikman got? No. <laughs> Troy, Troy said something like, uh, oh, yeah, it's going to be a great game. Would have loved to call a game like that. <laughs> like pretty much <laughs> just going on about how, like, wow, can't believe they didn't give me the Dallas game. They gave it to Romo. I was it like to fucking Romo. I'd much I, rather have Romo on the call than than uh, Troy, though, right? Yeah, no, I, I say what you want about Romo. Him and Nance are are, are great. 
Such like, a good combo. Such oh, a good combo. Jim. <laughs> I can't stand the Buck Aikman combo. Like it's Jesus. just it's just boring. Um, I know we'll Here get them next week when we play the Packers. Like Buck is just tied to Aaron Rodgers. Um, but yeah, thoughts on this this coming weekend's game? We play Saturday night, uh, five fifteen. I think is a kickoff. Well, mm-hmm. Saturday night primetime game in um, Lambo. In Lambo. I mean, morale's high. Morale's high. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we can deliver. I saw this today on the internet that kind of made me smile. It says to give you an idea how much different about the, how much is different about the Niners from Week Three to now. Elijah Mitchell did not play in Week Three against the Packers. This is the game we lost by, I think, three at the end of the game. Uh, Debo Samuel had zero yards rushing, which in the last I don't know ten weeks he's been like one of our main, uh, main runners. Uh, Lenore and Norman played corner and Jawan Jennings did not play one snap. So a lot of shit is different about this Niners squad than the squad in week three that we thought was unbeatable. Um, and as long as, yeah, as long as Fred Warner is good to go. And I think Nick Bosa is going to play, right? That was a concussion. So I would imagine a week's time is going to be enough. Yeah. If we get those two scary, (laughs) that scared the shit out of me, dude. He's never missed a game either, or he's missed one game his whole career, or something like that. Mm. Um, Iron Man. But, yeah, I'm, I, f- I feel good. You never know with Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, I, I think we got enough to beat him. Yeah, this is always great because it always brings me back to the uh, archives to watch the, the Kaepernick days against the yeah. Packers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like it's another classic matchup for the Niners. I think, like – our ability to run the ball is always going to be great in an environment like Lambeau. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have to rely on Jimmy. I don't know what Green Bay's rush defense is like. Um, I, I'm sure it's like average, maybe a little bit above, above average, but I got confidence. I think Aaron Rodgers is playing at a really high level, um, obviously. Um, MVP? Sh- should be. Should be the MVP. I worry about Jimmy. Um I mean, even last game, if it wasn't for him throwing a terrible ball to George Kittle. <laughs> oh, God. That was that was scary. Yeah. So, like, it's it's going to be a tough one. Um, I think what's the spread on it? Packers got to be at least what? Let's see. So, Packers are the 21st ranked rush defense in the league. Yeah. Okay. Six-point favorite. I like our I like our odds. I like our chances in this game. Um, so do I. Yeah. I like it a lot. The fucking Packers. Um yeah, right. we'll see. Yes, but we win this. We play the winner of Rams Tampa. 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 Yep. And the Rams absolutely embarrassed. Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and the Cardinals. Um, Trick y'all. Man, Cliff is <laughs> Is there anybody more mid than Cliff Kingsbury? No. They have, they're, like, pulling out these stats of, like, his first seven games, going back to his Texas Tech days. Like, oh, my God. Great record. And then the remaining, like, nine games on the season, just, like, Pink. mid, mid, mid. <laughs> <laughs> the middest of the mid. It's I think crazy. Kyler's coming out just looking, like, trash. Um, looking which small. is kind of a shock. But, 
Mm-hmm. You love to see the other two teams in the NFC West beat up on each other. Um, and Absolutely. I'll never be rooting for the Cardinals. So no, yeah. couldn't be me. I, I'll tell you what, though, I wouldn't hate a uh, NFC Championship rematch with the uh, with the Rams. Yeah, we got their the number. Household, the Parati household will be uh, yes, Parati rivalry game. <laughs> yeah, we'll be half Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> me and uh, Daddy. Cup Samuel jersey. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a fucking jersey that would be. Kind of dope. <laughs> yeah, we well, might have to make that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the uh the playoffs. It's, it's good to have the Niners back in the playoffs. Um it is. So. And uh Trent Williams, first playoff victory of his entire career, his Hall of Fame fucking career. Legend. See that so picture of him just laughing at Cowboys fans' faces. I did. I, I think like that's probably gonna off. be it's probably gonna be the picture for this week's episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. Uh, I well, love Trent. Let's go nine dogs. Um, right. Last thing to talk about. Um, yes. Today in feeling old, um, always love when we get random reminders about albums that came out on this date. So mm-hmm. on Tuesday, January 18th, um, the game's debut album, the documentary was released. Um, I don't know about you, but that one is one of the in my opinion, like best debut albums for hip hop um, that I can, that I have in my, my list. Um, just perfect production. Dr. Dre and 50 Cent were the executive producers. Um, mm-hmm. Like I listened to it a little bit today. Like I just feel like everybody who made beats on this album just like came at their best. Like we'll go down the track list in a second, but yeah. Whew. I know he really he got fire from everybody producer wise. I'm looking at the track list right now. This one's crazy. It's also one of the best. Uh, I would say like from song. I mean, song one is a 30 second intro. So from song two to like song six, just hitters. Yeah, like does not let up. It's like a punch to the fucking face every song. West Side Story, Dreams, <laughs> Hate It or Love It, Higher, How We Do, all like after each other. And then and put it, you on the game, start from scratch. Start from scratch is a banger. Uh, I mean, I, to me, I, I, do, I do like this album a lot. I think it's kind of top heavy. I think the beginning of the album is stands out a lot more than, than the second half. But uh, I would agree. It is incredible. And this reminds me of like, like uh, ringtones, oddly <laughs> enough. Because this dropped, what did you say, in <laughs> January 2005? Yeah, 05. So we were so just we, wrapping up middle school. Yeah, it was eighth grade year. And like, I think, uh, no, what was it? West Side Story, Hate It or Love It, How We Do. All those were like popping ass ringtones at the time. And I remember everybody had like the monophonic <laughs> little joint. I think How We Do was like the ding, one for me. Ding, just ding, perfect ding, cell phone. Ding. also one of the best just instrumentals yeah like fuck man people on it kanye produced on it timbaland just blaze have it cool and dre dre storch um, storch timbaland features like i will say it is top heavy but like like father like son is fire don't worry with mary mary j blige is fire he's got two songs with nate dog um I was still a fan of Eminem back then. So I do like the song with Eminem. It's like the classic, like early 2000s, like 50 cent Eminem type song. We ain't. Um, right. 
And Eminem produced it, right? I believe say, it. Just say what you like want it. about M. He Duke can make some beats. Yeah, 05 was was his time. So I was whenever he popped up on a on a Dre song or a 50 song, I was I was tuned in. Um, For sure. I'm trying to remember also which games kick off. He was at, he was part of G Unit at this time, which I totally forgot. That's right. <laughs> which was weird too, because especially in hip hop, I feel like when you do a group, it's always kind of organic. Like you either grew up together or you met at some point. And I'm pretty sure these like they were just put together. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I don't think game like new fifth from like no, back was, in the day. Dre, I feel like it right. Was, and he, was he just kind of put these put dudes together. Right. So and I don't know if it ever really fit in the first place. And obviously there was like a big time beef <laughs> uh after, but uh this album 50 did his thing. Yeah, and it comes around the time where Game just released his uh, a new single, Kanye's first, I guess, verse since the whole like Kim drama. Did you hear that song? Uh, I Yeezy. saw that it came out, and I and I listened to like part of the the Yeezy verse, but I didn't listen to the whole song. Is it good? No, it's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> if you sure. literally you pull up to listen to Kanye's verse, have him have that line about beating Pete Davidson's ass. That's all I heard. Um, it's just like Kanye airing out his grievances of what's happened as over the last like two months. Just I'm, I'm a father. Control yeah. my narrative. Yeah, Love I my kid next door. Like yeah, my new keep bitch an eye. Bad. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't need to hear this. I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention game like constantly did and I think still does run his mouth about like how he fucked Kim. Yeah, he just he just starts. He is a scumbag. Yeah, as much as I love game and his music, he might be one of the biggest trolls in in the rap game. Yeah, he's just a troll. He's putting his dick out on the web all the time. Like he's just he's just a fucking troll. Yeah, a little too much for me, but the man can make some fucking music. I will say, those documentary days. uh, What came after that? Doctor's Doctors Advocate, Advocate, LAX. LAX. LAX was special for me. That was like right when I got my L's. So yes. like that CD was just stuck in my car at the time. I mean, um, those three albums were just that's a man. good th- first three albums. Man. That's like you could probably put that up against anybody's first three albums as far as like a three album run goes. I would agree. I think we might have to table that long discussion, maybe with a guest one of these days, talk about the best three album run because Ooh, write that down. That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah. You talk about the documentary Doctor's Advocate and LAX, like 050608. Yeah. Sheesh. I know. <laughs> that was what a time. And man, I feel fucking old now. I was 13, I think, when the when the documentary came out. I mean, yeah, I was eighth grade, what sophomore year in high school. And then junior, senior, senior or junior. Yeah. Fitted on my forehead. Like <laughs> <laughs> he had Travis Barker on the drums. That shit was crazy. <laughs> My lord. Uh, but yeah, this one was tough. Not to mention it's got like one of the sickest album covers too. The documentary. It's just oh, yeah. him sitting on some like gold Daytons. Like Daytons with some chucks on. He's got the fat laces. <laughs> oh my god. Damn. Yeah, I think. So what... Yeah, what's up? Oh no, I was gonna say what if you had to pick a favorite track off the documentary, what would it be? Um, 
dude. I really like put you on the game. Really? Like, that's the one I, like I go that. back to the most. Uh, Timbo, Timbo beat. Deep um, cut. Yeah. Like I love, obviously I love, hate it. I love it. Dream. Like I love like the, the, uh, the singles off of it. Mm-hmm. But I think the one that I go back to the most would probably be put you on the game. I respect the deep cut. I like that. How about you? Uh, for me, it would probably be either West Side Story or Dreams. Fuck. You know, I, West I Side Story the, is so hard. <laughs> I love West Side Story. It's him pretty much just talking shit for three, no. three and a half minutes. That's probably got, my number two. He's got fifty on it. Yeah, that's a good one. And I can't get enough of Dreams. I love Dreams. Yeah, I had Dreams I'll never of forget. fucking an R and B bitch like Maya. <laughs> I'll never forget. Uh, my brother showed me West Side Story when it was like the single that first came out and probably on CD huh yeah like like either that or it was like illegally downloaded on like Napster at the time but mm. buddy my <sighs> life changed when I heard that <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm probably I'm gonna run through this oh whole album while I'm recording but yeah West Side Story is one of those ones yeah for sure and back yeah. then I didn't really get it either because it almost sounded like he was rapping off beat like there was some points where he wasn't really in the pocket, but yeah, it was still hard as fuck. I love West Side Story. Man, I think I was yeah, I think I was like back when I was watching like MTV Jams, like whenever that one came on, that video, I was like, "Yep, I'm tuning in for this." And that's when videos, like music videos, really hit too. Like mm-hmm. that's when I really associated songs with the music video. Now, I mean, it's cool because everything's at your fingertips with YouTube, but it's just different. It's different. It's, it's like different. It's like different uh, stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, almost twenty years old. Um, don't know what the hell's happening with game these days, but that three that three album run was was something else. And this kicked it all off. Um, yeah, it was. But yeah, I'd about do it for tonight. Um, episode forty four in the books. Jerry um, West episode. Jerry West episode. The uh, George Gervin episode. Ooh, um, Reggie Jackson. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, as always, really appreciate everybody's support. Um, we got a nice post-playoff game reactions next week coming. Um, All-Star yes. game is coming up soon. We're going to do some predictions there. Um, yeah, we're going to keep it coming. We're going to keep on rolling through. And um, as always, thank you guys for the support. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Love you.